0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex Declare knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network.
0: Listen different.
2: Oh god, it's so early. Oh god, 4:30 in the morning and we're actually working. Hey man, don't you ever get tired of
1: these early shifts? Not me, mate. What, and miss the glory of the dawn? you've gone crackers. Now me, I rise every morning perpendicular to my bed at the crowing of the cock. I jump up and down to shake off the cobwebs, then it's a cold shower and a hot breakfast. Coffee, bangers and eggs, beans and mash, toast and marmalade, marmalade, I like marmalade, all while reading aloud from the front story of the morning post. Then it's at the door to work, but not before a kiss and a squeeze to Mrs Milligan, that's me wife, and not after a belt and a boot to Mr Lowry, that's me landlord. A ride on the bus, a jaunt through the park, and a brand new carnation for the lapel of me freshly ironed suit. All within three minutes of starting me shift. Um, you have a
2: lot of energy. Hey, Johnson, I don't pay you to talk to yourself, alright? Get back to work. Well, no, I wasn't talking to myself. I was talking to... Where'd he go? The Magical Cockney Coworker. Coming to Alpha Beta Gamma this fall. In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 49 Definitely something to think about. Welcome to the event. Now let me tear that ticket stub. Come on, let me see that ticket stub. I want to see your stub. What do you mean you have... I have to scan your phone? This person was not prepared for the modern living. Uh, Hello, my friends. Welcome back. (laughs) This is Alex Rogers, recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is... The night. Well, let's just settle on down, roll out your sleeping bag, fluff up that pillow, and let's have a nice little tale round the campfire. Uh, yes. Well, you know, I, I think I'm just going to get right on into it, because there's really been only one thing on my mind. And perhaps it's been on your mind. Uh, we try to keep it timeless around round here. Actually, I don't think I ever really have, but, you know, I like to say that we are. And, uh, but in this time, um, just after the Oscars of 2022... That should mean only one thing to you. It shouldn't, but it does. And, um, well, I'm not even going to give the story of what happened because I think you as a listener, if you're listening to this as it airs, or even 20 years from now, or 200 years from now, whatever um, information-seeking device you have, just look up the Oscars 2022, and especially... uh, when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock on stage and uh, then continued to uh, yell obscenities and kind of uh, reveal and turn over uh, 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 um, almost like a uh, a moment. like a moment was morphed and transformed. It was supposed to be a night of something, and then it became a night of mare. <laughs> Um, you should look up what happened, uh, but essentially, one thing I have noticed is there are, there are some who are defending Will Smith. I gotta come right out and say, in this situation, I'm completely behind Chris Rock. I try to be funny, folks, and, um, I understand that in trying to be funny, we're sometimes gonna step on some toes and we're gonna get some people, uh, having a moment of hurt feelings, But um, I think we can all agree that uh, a heckler is one thing. Um, A hitter is a different thing. And uh, I'm not here to get... I'm going to try not to get all gossipy and like,
1: Ooh, is this the end of his career?
2: I mean, like, look, there's enough of that and... I will of course admit that there is a massive amount of Schadenfreude happening here um but I wanted to talk about this because I haven't been able to stop thinking about it since I first saw it. And by the way, I, I should really um <laughs> let me let me start off on how I even discovered it. Now, I've been disenchanted by the Oscars for many years now. Um I, I still have, you know, if if I'm ever invited, of course I'm gonna go. But um over the years, I have been critical, like many, of what I see as sort of a self-congratulatory pageantry of um, fame on fame. And that can be really juicy to watch sometimes. and then other times it can be really uh, infuriating to watch. And I found it more and more um, eh, just simply just not entertaining, not in my interests. In fact, I love movies so much that instead of watching, uh, an event that is, um, supposedly, uh, well, not supposedly, I know it does celebrate movies and I got to admit folks, I, I, I used to be really into the Oscars. I could tell you who, um, the actor and actress and movie and director winners for many a decade. Um, I kind of got into it almost like historic, uh, sports statistics. I really got into it. Um, and I don't know, just over the years, I, I I guess I sort of became more and more cynical. So when this Oscar aired, I, I thought, nah, I would rather watch just a movie. Um, I think George C. Scott, the year he got the Oscar for Patton, he was like, what? Go to? Let me see if I go to the... Should I go to the uh, Oscars? Uh, not when I would... Uh, Miss a hockey game at home. Sorry, that sounded more like uh, Richard Nixon in his first acting class, not George C. Scott. I'm so sorry, George C. Scott. Um, but what I did do that night is I came home, and I said, I'm not going to watch the Oscars. I Instead, and I just want to quickly recommend a movie to y'all. Um, after this, it's going to go full-on Will Smith talk, so... <laughs> Don't you worry. Uh, but yeah, no, I this movie completely unrelated to the Oscars. In fact, it was, I believe, absolutely passed over by the Oscars, but it was made by an Oscar winner. And this movie uh, comes from 1977, and it's called Sorcerer. Now, it has nothing to do with magic. There is no wizard, neither good, neutral, nor bad. Um, as far as I can tell, nothing truly supernatural happens, there's definitely some trippy editing and definitely some artistic choices in the narrative that make it feel a little bit sinister. But what's so funny is, okay, so this movie Sorcerer was directed by William Friedkin. And he did The French Connection, The Exorcist, those are the big, the two big ones he did in the 70s. And I kind of love the... um Nonsensical choice of calling this movie Sorcerer. It's like, all right, this is the movie about four expats who go into this hellhole, sort of lost jungle village in South America. They have no real conceivable future, uh, but they're just daring enough to take a truck, two trucks full of uh, nitroglycerin across the most Uh, dangerous curving roads of mountainous jungle terrain. Oh, and also going over a rickety-ass rope and wood bridge, uh, hoping that this massive storm coming through isn't going to tip your truck over. It's a tense movie. Explosions could happen at any moment, and you're on the edge of your seat wondering are they even going to survive? Oh, cool. What's it called? Sorcerer. Sorcerer. You know, I, and by the way, a a really good score by Tangerine Dream, and along with uh, Vangelis or Vangelis, I never really know how we're supposed to pronounce your name, sir. But um, along with that gentleman, uh, I think that Tangerine Dream, one of the finest electronic music, like soundscapes, get lost in like scenes in your mind kind of music. And they do a great job in this. It's a 70s, 80s movie, meaning there were a handful of movies made in the late 70s that stylistically were so ahead of their time, they feel like an 80s movie, kind of like uh, Midnight Express, Alien, and this movie Sorcerer. Those are some examples of like late 70s cinema that when you watch, you're like, this is the 70s? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's kind of looking ahead. In terms of the style and the kind of music we'll be hearing, and um, and the content and everything, so this was a uh, a fun one. It's a it's a strange movie. It's got our man Roy Scheider of Jaws fame, and uh, I highly recommend folks. Um, now you know me, my friends. I'm weird. I like weird movies. Um, matter of fact, I know that Nicholas Winding Refn loves this movie, and there is a very funny. Uh, interview that he did with William Friedkin, where he starts it saying, so, Billy, and then Friedkin says, Mr. Friedkin will be more appropriate, thank you. He says something to that effect where it's like, oops. (laughs) So they get off on a rocky start, and it's a great interview. And they talk a little bit about Sorcerer. So I know he likes that one, and I can kind of see it because similar to Only God Forgives, this is one of those... You can't go home, so now that I'm here in a foreign terrain where I'm really sort of without a sense of national pride or anything, it I just have sort of my raw animal instinct to work off of now and hope that I can survive in this new life kind of movie. And, um, and you know, and, and slightly in defense of the title, I do kind of get that there's this feeling of doom and nemesis all over the movie it it kind of shows how like the the best laid plans of mice and men are something, something 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 it's the idea that like you can you can try to do things great and small and there's a fucking horrible um just disappointment or hardship or or antagonism waiting to fuck it up and i guess on that level i can kind of see why why it's called sorcerer and, and and it's funny too cuz the uh, the album cover which is you know the album is 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 great even if you don't want to watch the movie just listen to that tangerine dream album it's freaking great and the cover shows this giant truck kind of precariously balancing on this bridge so i kind of get it it's uh <laughs> even looking at that i've seen you know there's movies like duel or the car with these you know possessed vehicles well, actually, in all defense, uh, Duel is not a possessed vehicle. Oh man, I need another uh, podcast episode to talk about Duel. That's one of my favorite Spielberg movies. But anyway, in terms of the cover, I almost thought when I saw it's like, oh, Sorcerer. It must be like a possessed vehicle. Anyway, moving on from that. Yeah, check it out. The movie feels insane. By the way, just you know me, folks. I don't, I don't, I don't recommend fun family views. I recommend things for usually the single person who does not have earthly attachments and wants to go into the weird, you know, like yours truly. Uh, <laughs> then yeah, give give it a give it a whirl. But back to the hot topic at hand. I'm finishing the movie Sorcerer, and then I remember, oh yeah, the Oscars—they're happening. So I decide, ah, well, you know, I'm not gonna go back and watch the whole teleplay. Let me just Google the reser- the, the, the Google search the results and uh see what's up. And uh the first thing I see is uh, Coda winning, and I realize, I once again, it's a movie I haven't seen uh, that got Best Picture, so there you go. But then I see, hey, Will Smith, Best Actor, well, you know, good for him, and, and, and a long time coming, if you ask me. Ah, right on. In fact, I'm just going to YouTube straight away Will Smith Oscar acceptance speech, because, you know... Uh, I'm also sort of in the back of my mind wondering if he's going to do any of that kind of motivational speech, champion, go-get-your-dreams uh, kind of talk. And I watch the clip, and I have no idea what has preceded it. None. And I think to myself, well, gosh, he, he certainly is crying a lot for, for a winner. I mean, I, I know people get emotional, but there's, there's a lot of tears. And then I realize, wait a second—he seems a bit like a sore winner. He—he—he's talking about defending his family and, and how he's he's kind of how people you gotta put up with people's uh, bad jokes and, and, and meanness. Well, what's going on here? And then I hear him say, "I'd like to apologize to the academy," and I'm like, well, wait, wait, wait a second! What the hell have I missed?" And lucky for me, the first thing I find is the uncensored version. And like everyone else, jaw dropped. I've been thinking so much about this. And I believe that however you view the Will Smith situation at the Oscars depends on how you have lived your life And the experiences that have been either afforded to you or indeed thrust upon you. So in other words, who you are and how you view the world is going to shape how you view the Will Smith situation. And I've talked to some of my friends and they look at it as just like a one and done like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, it was definitely it was fucked up. It's this, that, but I haven't thought of it since. And then you got some people who really think this was a staged thing. I, oof, I really highly recommend that you all this is how you know it's not staged. That rage that Will Smith shows when he sits back down, that is not I don't <clears throat> I'm sorry, I don't I don't care how good of an actor you are, right then and there that ain't acting. And that's also a self-pride compromising action to do which I think even the most prestigious of actors don't do unless the camera is actually on them and they have the protection of a character to do that kind of expression. Will Smith does not strike me as the kind of guy who would actually risk his bankability and his reputation on some li- silly little stunt to get the Oscars better viewing. I, I, I just don't... I, I I'll get behind you on your JFK conspiracies, but I just cannot get behind that one. I, I just cannot. Uh, so, g- moving forward with this episode, we are going to assume that all of this was real, and it is exactly what we saw it to be. And by the way, but before I even move on to my thoughts about sort of why I've been thinking so much about just wills actions right there. Let's just do a quick moment because the one common thing in all of this is Chris Rock is always left behind in the consideration of this. He was left behind in any consideration at the Oscars for anyone to do anything in his defense to speak up for him publicly later on in that event. Um, He was kind of left to his own devices. And even after that, even though, and I'm Very glad that the general consensus is he kept it classy, he kept it cool. And you know, folks, sometimes, unfortunately, to keep it classy, you don't do your most immediate impulse. But I will say, but I will, pun intended, say, Mr. Smith is acting on some immediate impulse, and he lost all class in that moment. So even though uh, Chris may have curbed his enthusiasm, as it were, to to come back with some strong, cutting humor after being uh, assaulted, I don't like using the word humiliated. People are like, he got humiliated up there. That's, I believe, for Chris to decide... That's for Chris to tell us how, to what degree he felt humiliated. I'm sure it was... I, yeah, I can agree with you, it was probably humiliating. But when we say he got humiliated, it makes it sound like he got, he, that he was made a fool of. No, 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 we were very much, we we're like, oh, shit. Like, in even though no one spoke up for him, we felt, I think in that moment, a lot of us just leapt into empathy. And I've talked to people and heard other comedians on podcasts talk about how it brings a lot of people back to that schoolyard feeling when there was a bully who acted out on a another kid and then everyone's just kind (gasps) of, or uh, another friend of mine, she was telling me that um, it's almost like the whole Oscar event was like a family function. And there's this very charismatic uncle who gets a lot of attention, but once in a while he'll do a snap and he did it to one of the kids at the party. Who's, known for his wisecracking humor and people universally love him. But if the uncle acts up, then we all sort of agree as a dysfunctional family gathering to just sort of not acknowledge what happened. And, you know, there's, that brings up a lot. So, so everyone, to some degree, is feeling, I think, if, they, if they're taking the time to think about this, there's something that hits you on a personal level. Oh, but, but first, before I move on from that, let me just say, I, I think Chris was absolutely doing his job, and there's something I just want to quickly say here, too, folks. This country of ours, U.S. America, I truly believe, as a whole, not individual to individual, but I'd say per capita, U.S. America does not understand comedy. I I really, truly believe it. And I'm talking about two forms of not understanding. You got, you got the huh crowd who truly just like they don't compute. It doesn't click. They don't have that kind of like sharp wit. I don't even find that the dangerous one though. That's happening. And you kind of have to shrug your shoulders at that because like, well, whatever. But we also have this condemning thing where it's like, oh, well, 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 that I recognize that that's funny, but it's kind of in the service of cutting someone down. So I, I'm going to be a moral policeman and I'm going to wag my finger instead of laughing, even though I absolutely probably in my own privacy with my own friends with no cameras on and no audio around me have said similar shit. And I, I think we're young, folks. This country ain't even... Are we have we done 250 years? well, we must have, right? At this point, not even, right? If the if the cent if the biannual biannual bicentennial, Jesus, criminy, the bicentennial was 1976, which means the tricentennial will be in 2076. And does that mean okay, that means in 2026. So we 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 are just barely. Did you like that math there? That was some of the. That was you will never see me, actually do semi-functioning math, on the spot ever again. Enjoy it, folks. That was my one beautiful mind moment, where instead of seeing complex, geomet- geometrical patterns and huge equations with ancient Greek all through it, all I saw was just some good old basic function arithmetic. And that is my beautiful mimo. I, 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 I do believe I just saw the fabric of the universe numerically. So we're not even 250 years old yet. We're barely that. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like a, like a young person who's still awkward and still growing and still doesn't get it and feels super entitled, is extra,
1: don't look at me, don't make fun of me, ooh
2: whereas you got like England who who at this point is kind of like a in terms of England as like an age it kind of is queen victoria it's like this this sort of older lady who's just been around for a long time so although they do have their pop pump and circumstance I, i'm sorry folks I know we like to think that the English are all uptight, but their comedy is savage and towards it. It's towards each other. It's towards the government. It's toward public figures that are like down the street. I mean, for for crying out loud, they're one of their major brand uh, not um, locations of government is Number Ten Downing Street. I mean, you know, it's just Number Ten. It's down the way. See, right there, and we're we are poking hard fun at everyone. You go all over Europe. There is some savage fucking humor going down, and I think it helps when your country, as a collective consciousness whole, have surpassed maybe a millennium or so. Now, don't what I don't understand though is you, there. I think I think you get the right group together in U.S. America, and we are fantastically progressive, and I don't mean like safe progressive. I mean like progressive enough to laugh our asses off. Over humor that, yeah, I guess you could say is mean, but let's also take one little moment here, too, folks, about looking at what really constitutes mean. I've heard some people say, like, well, yeah, if someone made a crack at my wife, I'd go up there and crack them. It's like, well, here's the deal. Most likely you and your wife are indeed just kind of Mr. So and so. Excuse me, Mr. and Mrs. So and so. And yeah. Why, why would, why would you be aimed at? But my friends, I'm so sorry. The Smiths are not. Hey, the Smiths. They're not. They're not your down the street neighbors. I guess unless you live in their neighborhood. But what I mean is, large, high earning celebrities who sit in the front row of the Oscars. These are the kings and the queens of this society. And it is tradition for all kingdoms to have a court jester. And boy, you want to really talk about ballsy shit. I mean, dude, the kings of really crazy old times, where back when you go achoo and you're dead the next morning, Uh, back where there's no clean water, so everyone's a functioning alcoholic, where feudalism is alive and well and uh, everyone's dying at 30, so kill as many fucks as you can... Before that time, those days, there was a there was a jokester in the kingdom who was fucking savage, brutal, and you know what the king would usually do. <laughs> and one of the jobs of the court jester, quite honestly, is to poke a little hole in your balloon, and um, they literally can afford that kind of humor and I'm not going to get into their personal lives that's something for you also to look up but I ain't talking out of school here the Smiths have made their personal lives very public TMI public so I'm afraid you guys are very much open to humor It ain't even criticism. And by the way, the whole... I also want to point out one more thing. Chris Rock was not... His joke, the spirit of his joke was not, ha ha, you're bald. The spirit of the joke was, hey, I see the look you have right now, and it would look good in this. He connected G.I. Jane to how she appears in the moment. And that, by the way, is one of those kind of like one-two sequence moves, like a standard kata in in like a martial art kind of form of comedy. It's pr- it's a pretty basic, very <laughs> everyday form of comedy. And what really bothers me and what brings me back to things is how I remember even in high school all the prom kings and queens and people of that caliber. Well, now we no longer have a sense of humor. And how dare you make fun of me? So... One of the things, so, so, I, so that's my, how my, in my defense of Chris Rock right here, he was doing his job, the joke he did was pretty damn tame, and even if it did cut, let's say, okay, yeah, you have some hurt feelings, but you know what also, you can afford to feel them you can afford to feel them. Don't tell me you don't have 30 people right now waiting at your elbow to go, "Are you okay? Are you okay? Was that was was that too much?" Uh, you know that you we 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 love you. We love you. We love Don't tell me you do not have a legion of support around you. So I'm pretty sure you can you can handle the joke. Now, what's funny is an eye roll is pretty fine. That's all right. And that's the The beginning and the end of any sort of like criticism towards Jada in this is like, oh, come on, too bad you can't just laugh it off and just own it in that moment, no matter how sensitive you may feel about this. Too bad you can't just laugh and just kind of go, haha because that also shows some strength when we laugh when people come at us. And by the way, don't think I wasn't made fun. Everyone who ever tries to be funny usually has been in a situation where they were the absolute butt of humor. And when I was made fun of, I found that it was best to kind of just, the way you deflate it is you you pretend to own it in the moment. You're this. You, You know what? You're absolutely right on that. In fact, let me take it one step further. Now you're playing with that energy, and uh, we've kind of diffused the hurt. But again, we have to look at context, and what, what Chris said I think was actually pretty funny and pretty tame. However, like I say, that's that. Now I'm not here to then say, because of that... Will Smith then starts acting up. I am not about to talk about him as some sort of mind-controlled dude who, thanks to his woman, acted out of control. I, I do think that he has an insecure attachment to her, to use a nice little John Bowlby 60s therapy term, but uh, it, it's it's not a secure attachment, and he definitely, I think, has things he needs to work out with her. However... What happens after that with him getting up on stage, hitting Chris Rock, and then sitting back down? That is a man acting on his own behest. I don't care what... We do, people also say she then gave him a look. I got to tell you, folks, I've watched the clip about 7,000 times now. She gives a rolling of the eyes, but you do not see the moment that people are weaving where she gives him like the dog whistle look. That 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 didn't happen, and if it did, it's uh, it's all speculation at that point. And
1: even if
2: she did, that's still a man deciding that he needs to now actually throw himself into a really outrageous situation. So I absolutely hold Will Smith's actions accountable to Will Smith. I don't care anything about who who you know. I I, I imagine these things we've been talking about his insecure attachment as i'm calling it right now that probably was already some jet propulsion to it Uh, you know one of the funniest fucking things i heard was um, on their podcast that uh dana carvey and um david spade now do together david spade said it best he was like It almost was like Will Smith was in this jack-in-the-box situation. So it was like, of of like pressure, of like things that are like building up in him. So it's like... And here's Chris Rock. So, yeah. But I'm looking at this powerful man who has millions of dollars, we're talking about Will Smith now, a powerful man with millions of dollars with lots of box office draw. Now, what does that mean? That's not just numbers. That means you have loyal fans. You have people who think of you as a leader, not just in your fans, you're now also employing millions of people who will be helping in making your movies happen and in distributing your movies and getting your English language dubbed into hundreds of languages across the planet. Yeah, that's another thing I just realized. If any of us are ever lucky to be that bankable, we're employing people, dude. If you fuck up the ship, your whole crew has to abandon ship. Man, it's just... What I think... I'm seeing here is very reminiscent of a behavior that I firsthand know from my years in the theater and in that milieu of the folks I've worked with. I have seen this behavior, this person who is seemingly charismatic and also fun but then at the end of the day, you notice they're also saying some empty sentences. Like I I gotta tell you folks, I don't i I'm not really a Will Smith fan uh, before this, you know. I, I I always found him likable. In fact, I always got a kind of nice feeling out of him. Whenever I'd see him just sort of in whatever, just showing up at things, he always had this kind of like, oh, shucks, cool that's cool kind of face, you know? Um and his vibe was all right. And, and Lord knows, okay, I, I'm not a fan of ha- the, the eventual direction that I Am Legend, the movie takes. I think it kind of cops out and Hollywoodizes at the last 30 minutes. But he was great in that. But, you know, here we are back to this argument we keep finding ourselves in, which is, yeah, 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 pe- some people are great actors, but now we're talking about their personal conduct with people. And I'm afraid now it has to be that. What a shame. The night you get your Oscar, and none of us care about that. We're not talking about that. We're, we're talking about the other moment.
0: Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down
1: menu that follows. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Oof.
2: But... I have seen this this spirit, this embodiment, this presentation of emotions. And it Will Smith was starting to. I, I, I wasn't following him throughout the years, but anytime I'd see some sort of like post he'd make or things he was talking about, or some interview, he was starting to talk in this kind of um like inspirational. That's the other thing too. You have, I'm, I'm here to inspire you all. Folks, I just want to say I, I have aspirations myself for myself. Very selfish. That's why well, I'm, I'm, I'm admitting it to you all. I'm a, I'm a performer. Of course, I'm selfish. And I'm going to tell you all folks, I'm not here to inspire any one of you. If if they ever asked me, well, what were you hoping to do? I was like, well, I'll tell you one thing. I was not here to inspire anybody. I don't, I'm not here to inspire any of you. Now, if... You feel inspired, wonderful. That's that's great, but that but I am not aiming to inspire you. I want to entertain you. Truly. And whatever that looks like, if entertainment makes you laugh, if it makes you go, mmm, or if it just makes you not think about some horrors for a little bit. Hey, all groovy, all gravy. But I am not here to inspire. And I noticed he was starting to speak in this sort of influential, motivational speaker guru nonsense. I don't know if he literally said the following sentence, but I've made, I've sort of pieced together things I've heard, and I've kind of made a generic sentence for how people who, who operate this way speak. It goes like this. Did you guys know that the difference between a thought and an action is a choice? Just a meaningless, stupid sentence. And and it makes me, quite frankly, my friends, very angry. Because I don't know what's worse. that, That, that people speak that way and they think that that actually is like a poignant, profound sentence. Or that there are millions of people out there who gobble that shit up instantly and go, Oh my God, he's a genius! He's brilliant! Oh my God, don't ever leave us. Please don't ever eclipse your sunlight from our cold, cold
1: planet.
2: I I just, I don't know what's worse. And it's a terrible agreement that we make in society. Someone declares for themselves that they are a genius and the multitude of the lost so desperate for a leader go, yeah, you are. So I think there was also kind of an unholy alliance going on with the public and him as well. But I don't know, that's, that, that's hit or miss because I will say too, there's also just people who really did look up to him as just like a, a positive role model figure and a success story that people can hold on to and maybe even a survivor of uh, some uh, adversity, You know, like, and the thing that happens, though, is then you start taking advantage of your fans and your support and your crew and your castle and your people. And it just really, that, what I saw that night and what I've been replaying, because I'm kind of just fascinated by this, is that I've seen in the theater this energy and I've seen the unholy alliance that it brought then as well. Someone clearly abusive, taking advantage of everyone. And instead of overthrowing this person, the general consensus is, we better keep this person happy. And that's the most important thing, is just kind of make sure that they're okay and that they're, that they're happy. And then we'll just sort of keep going through this uh, dysfunctional family environment. And, you know, it also brings me to a time in which I was one of those people. I mean, I was a kid. I think about some, some acting environments that I was in, in my teens and my 20s, in which people were taking advantage of the minds and trust, and I dare say the creative souls of the ones looking up to them. And they, in my opinion, got away with it for a long time. And they have not had their moment televised in front of the world. And there is a sort of angry part of me that has wanted that behavior to be shown for exactly what it is. And I must say that's sort of why I... Yeah, I kind of relish this moment. I do. I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a sadist here. I don't I don't want I really to me the moment that he made for himself, it's the total making your bed and lying it thing. Like you you don't really have to wish him any further ill luck. That is just the butterfly effect he he created for himself and the damage is taking place as we speak. So I I don't wanna add any karmic weight to it but i am feeling this sort of like release and all and and not well sort of a release but also a stirring up and sort of an examination of my past of of what i believe is yeah again this sort of i don't know this this unholy agreement between sycophant and celebrity and how we build people up to be kings i mean jesus now he's king richard I am not the first person to make this, you know connection to the idea that like, the king is here. But it you know, it it just uh, what I saw was someone who hasn't been told no in a very long time, uh, someone who's been uh, overly complimented, and frankly, just a really unhappy person. All of that, by the way, being the emotional makeup of the experiences I witnessed and went through in my earlier theatrical years. And just about that, personally, you know, I was a kid, and I was coming from my own place as a child, a really scared, how-do-we-keep-dad-happy sort of mentality. You know, actually, and speaking of, there was a time when my pops, we were driving once home from the pool. This reminds me actually very much of the Will Smith situation. My dad and I would go swimming at this pool. It was actually, in my recollection, some of the more um, routine father-son things that we had, which actually could be in a pretty good situation. Um. (laughs) Uh, Well, no, never mind. I was going to say another thing, but I'm already running out of time right now. And there's always another episode, we hope, uh, in which we can wax further poetical. But um, we're driving home, and I have to be, what, maybe eight or nine, somewhere around there, I'm guessing. And suddenly my dad just pulls over to the side of the road And there's like a red light ahead of us. So like there's a bit of traffic on the, you know, to the, to the left of us. And he just says, stay in the car. I'm like, okay. And he gets out of the vehicle, walks right on up to this other car, yanks open the door and starts to grab the driver and is roaring at him. And dude, like... I I mean it freaked me out. I'm looking. I'm seeing my dad acting crazy to a stranger, and I'm assuming that the guy was who know. My dad said later on that he was driving recklessly and endangering my son and me. I'm like, yeah. Mm, what? And I can tell you, all I remember was we're talking, we're talking, we're talking. Oh, okay, hold. on, I'm going to pull over right here and and what was Will Smith doing? Ha 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 ha. ha. And now it's time to ruin it all. And by the way, my dad absolutely—what I what I recall is um, him sweet talking his way <clears throat> out of the uh, cops. The cops absolutely came, and uh, I I think he—I personally think my dad uh, pulled a uh, a few privilege cards. And, and use some fast-talking quick wit to get out of what otherwise would have gotten someone else really in deep trouble. Because he absolutely assaulted—I mean, that's technically—that's breaking into someone's vehicle. I'm amazed! Just as we can't believe Will Smith didn't get escorted out that night, I'm amazed my dad didn't at least have to go down to the station and talk a little bit more to these people— But I remember we just, he just got back in the vehicle and we drove home. And of course, I don't know how to talk about this. I'm I'm barely, I'm not even 10 at this point. But of course, I'm a kid. I'm scared. And I just remember thinking, oh, we better make sure dad's okay after this. So yeah, some dad stuff, some theater stuff, some past stuff. It, It stirred up in these moments and it stirred up, a lot for y'all. I can only imagine you listening right now. You know, this actions are not things are not isolated events. Things reflect things. They just do. And I will say one other thing too, folks, just to end off here, like I'm I'm I again, I didn't come in this to do a condemnation or a big hot opinion. There's no there's no real original take to have on this. But I I'm looking at the cost of things and I have very sloppily conducted myself before. Which is why I'm not going to say, like, I I agree with the sentence, violence is not the answer. or, Or acting out and let's say there was no slap. Let's say all he did was yell that fucking rage. That's also not the answer. I get that, but the... The impulse and maybe even going there even like a half inch in each direction, I can't say I would never do that. That's ridiculous. What am I? A fucking robot? Of course. I have base crazy feelings. Well remember when I just two episodes ago told you on the road how I was fucking raging at a stranger, at a at a woman, at like a five foot two woman? Okay? You know, like like I got some Shit to work on in myself too. So I do, to a certain degree, see some empathy up there. I mean, rather I see some empathy in what's going on up there. But I also really do see how if we're not careful, folks, if we give, if you give your hate, not you, I'm going to make it, I'm going to put myself in the equation. Because I'm realizing that it's one thing to, you can sit and say, yeah, that's wrong. And then you can find yourself in a stupid situation. So I'm realizing that if we're lucky, we, so I'm including myself, if we are lucky to create content that garners lots of fans and lots of money and therefore lots of attention and further opportunity, whether we like it or not, Our fans and our haters are going to gobble up when and if we fuck it all up. Now I don't know if Will Smith has fucked it all up, but he definitely fucked up his evening, and we'll see what else after that. But I like to think that I can see the high road at times, but here I am having a little bit of a mm, 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 with the T here over this situation because of, again, my own personal feelings about what I view to be a very high-profile, high-ranking behavior gone out of control and then finally caught and cited and declared by the majority of people for exactly what ugliness it is. I mean, I'm there. Is a, a I'm I'm kind of savoring that I must admit, and it's not like we had to dig for it. He gave us a fucking trough in which to go hog wild. So if you give people that much of your power, yeah, every people are going to eat you up. I, it's, it's just something else that I've thought of folks. this is very interesting just kind of going okay, huh yeah it's and, and you know why as well folks we're we all are in line and there's there are people who get to inherit about 20 solar systems and because of that, A lot of people are huddling close, hoping to get some of that sunshine on their cold rock. And when we see people who own galaxies acting foolish, then we really kind of go, well, now, hold on a minute. I agreed to celebrate you, even though in the back of my mind, I know that you have unfairly advantageous opportunities over me. So, no, you know what? <laughs> I don't like what you're doing, and then we then are then then we respond as we've been doing. It's just very interesting, folks. that's it's just something I think that as a as a creator of of things that will involve people, that if you do things, if you're going to create a business, if you're going to direct a movie, if you are going to create an event, and you have people working for you and with you, you are now the powerful person. And if you as the powerful person start acting foolish, and more foolish than the court-appointed fool, the court jester, that fool, then the people will not support you. (laughs) It's the nicest way I can say that. Well, my friends... I think, I don't know, I'm wondering if there was more I was going to say on this. And again, there's no conclusory thing. It's just, uh, is that a a word? Conclusory? Wouldn't be conclusionary. Oh, well, we're going to just be nice and loose with that. But it's definitely something to think about. I just, I don't know. I would encourage you to not, you know, I mean whatever. You got to you got to live your life and if if it's just a if you just think of this as yeah, yeah, one celebrity slapped another celebrity. Boo hoo, moving on with my life. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. But I'd say especially as men, we can learn a lot from this situation. And that's that for now. More to come. In the mean in between. Thank you for your time. Thank you